0: everybody to the Luke Beasley show I hope you're doing wonderful on this post midterm Wednesday uh, except the fact that the midterms are very much still happening results are coming in as we are recording this so a caveat for this entire show any result that we talk about may change of course as far as things that have not yet been projected races that have not yet been called that could happen before you watch or listen to this Uh, but with all that being said let's jump into a little bit of analysis on it midterms happened last night and are happening as we speak and the biggest takeaway is that the Republican Party had a very bad night. Now that doesn't mean that they won't still possibly have a majority in the House. They're actually still favored to do so or even have a fighting chance at the Senate. But they did not at all have the red wave that everyone expected. If you've been keeping up with the pundit world, with the polling, you would have thought Last night was gonna be a horrible, horrible night for the Democratic Party, and that just did not bear out. And that's exciting news. So we're gonna get into all of it. The first big takeaway that was exciting is uh, election deniers did very poorly. So let's get into that. But first I wanna let you know where it stands now, both the House and Senate are up for grabs. Either party could be in the majority in those two chambers and just a few races are going to determine it. And we'll look at which races are going to in a second. But first, election deniers did poorly last night and that is a win for democracy. Uh, Doug Mastriano, the bonkers gubernatorial candidate, of course, claiming there's gonna, there's a whole election stealing going on, and nonsense. Uh, Tudor Dixon, Christina Caramo, uh, Tim Michaels, and possibly, possibly, Lauren Boeber could lose her race as well. The first I listed have lost, have been projected to lose. Lauren Boeber is yet to be called, but is not looking great for her, which is good news. So what this means and what you're seeing in the pundit world, even among right wing networks, is a question, more so a conclusion about the fact that Trump, Trumpism, the election denial that we're seeing based on his lies is not a good look is not a good political stance for the Republican Party going forward because when you are in a situation where the president of the party that is uh, had taken over and then oftentimes the political winds go in the opposite direction right so the president's party does poorly in the following midterms historically and that president is not particularly uh, popular in the polling and there's something hurting people economically like inflation And there's rising crime or there have have, has been over the last uh, few years. That sets up a perfect situation for the opposition party to do really well. And they did not And that's crazy. So let's break this up into two things. Senate House. What does it look like? Senate is going to come down to three states and it's close in all of them. Uh, Arizona, Georgia, Nevada. As you guys know these are crucial races for the individuals running in them so let's take a look at where the polling or i should say where the vote count is at this point in time arizona you have mark kelly versus blake masters mark kelly is a democrat blake masters a republican Uh, blake masters is a very dangerous candidate kelly has a good advantage it is 51.4 percent to 46.4 percent as of now but only 72 percent of the vote is in so we'll see as those votes get counted every vote needs to, um, of course, be heard. And then the Georgia race right now, Warnock is holding a very narrow lead and Walker is trailing just barely. You have 49.2% to 48.7%. But because of the way, as we'll look at in a second here, that Georgia functions, their election process, that is going to have to go to a runoff. And we'll we'll get into the details of that later. Nevada, you have Uh, Laxalt versus versus Cortez Masto who is the incumbent Democrat and right now Laxalt is also leading 49.9% but also a very thin margin 47.2% is where Cortez Masto sits so as you can see these are all close races Kelly has a pretty significant advantage but much less of the vote is in in that race so where do I feel good about where do I feel bad I think Arizona is gonna be okay I think Kelly can pull it through Georgia is going to a runoff and we'll see how Warnock in the buildup, the one month between now and that runoff, uh, what can be done on that front. And then Nevada, we're just going to have to see right now. It looks good for the Republican candidate, but uh, Cortez Masto has a shot. We're going to look at something that outlines that in a second. But what you would have to do, what the Democratic Party would have to see happen for them to gain the majority is to grab two of these right so if today they were able to get arizona nevada before the georgia runoff boom they have that 50 vote uh threshold with kamala harris breaking the tie and they are now still in the majority and then they could add one more in the georgia runoff if nevada goes to laxalt and arizona goes to kelly now you have like we saw in 2020 everything comes down to georgia with the majority in the senate uh that is wild so As I mentioned, Georgia is going to a runoff. Here's the Secretary of State of Georgia announcing that. There is one race in our state that is going to be moving to the December 6th runoff. That is the race for the United States
1: Senate between Senator Raphael Warnock and Herschel Walker. Our office has already begun the behind-scenes work to start building the
0: ballots. So ballots are being built as we speak, and counties are making preparations. Okay, so that will happen. It's going to be intense either way it goes. Uh, But that we're just going to have to wait a month. Let's try not to simmer in the fact that Herschel Walker was able to get that large of a percentage of the vote, even though I think we have hope for what could happen in December. We could also completely fall into despair thinking about Herschel Walker causing a runoff to happen (laughs) by getting that percentage of the vote. But As far as Nevada goes, one of the three states that will determine who has the majority in the Senate, and we're waiting on as we speak, here's a little bit of analysis from MSNBC that gives hope to Cortez Masto possibly being able to close that gap between her. And
2: what we don't know is how many mail ballots remain to be counted in Clark County, which all of you know is 70% of the vote, and it's where the Democrats always do well, and they especially do well in mail ballots. And so, if there are enough mail ballots there, and some people think. This is coming from both sides. And if you look at the turnout, it's probably true that there may be as many as 100,000 mail ballots mm. to be counted. The Democrats generally have won the mail ballots in Clark by about two to one. So it's not over yet he- here in Nevada, but I know what the next question is, so let me help you guys out. When will we know? Uh, and-, and the answer to that question You can answer yourself is- right through this segment, Mr. Alfred.
0: Okay, so um, ha this is interesting um, because the situation you have oftentimes whenever this many votes have been counted and one individual has a lead like that is a little bit of okay laxville's probably gonna win but as he highlighted the remaining vote which is key when breaking down these races is left in heavily democratic areas and mail-in voting which as the political reality is now does skew democratic and so that actually could, with those remaining votes, push Cortez Masto into a very close uh, lead. We'll see. And like I said, if that were to happen, if Mark Kelly was able to hold on to his lead in Arizona, you could have this week, instead of having to wait till December, an answer on who controls the Senate, which would definitely give me a little relief. And then as far as the House goes, It's just going to come down to a handful of races. There's still 50 when we're recording this outstanding races that haven't been called um, that will determine the balance of the house. You can see the breakdown from CNN here. How many have been called for Democrats? 187. How many have been called for Republicans? 204. You got to have 218 to control the house and uh, of the competitive seats. Republicans need to have 11 of them won to gain control of the House. So we're just waiting on those races. You can go dive into specifics of them if you're interested. But the point is, we just have to wait on that to see where the House falls. It's more likely based on where the results sit now that Republicans will take over the House. But if some of these uh, races where the Republican is leading right now on the count swing the Democrats direction, you could have a situation where they hold on, which would be completely bonkers. And quite exciting last moment I want to show you here Fox and friends just trying to kind of process and respond to this in real time the fact that Republicans are just not getting that red wave they expected,
2: and so progressive mm-hmm. uh, people are just dug in. They're dug in really deep right now. And uh, uh, John Fetterman,
1: you're talking
0: about
2: absolutely. He is so extreme. Wants to open up a third of the prisons. Doesn't frack. Yeah, exactly. And lied about it. How about Mandela Barnes? I mean, he wants to open 50% of the of the prisons. Right. He's and he's running against uh, Ron Johnson, but it's still it's still tight. But how do you explain this country now, Brian? To your point, I mean, we have open borders, record gas prices, inflation is the worst in 40 right. years
0: okay so many miss uh you know statements there wow
2: the president's approval ratings are so bad worst crime since the 1980s and yet uh, i heard last night this is an indictment on the republican party is well, it i mean why how are these these issues when our country is in such a bad state right now how is this not a red wave
0: well and so pre- so just can't understand it how on earth did it not go their way i can't understand. Well, part of it is their analysis that they've been feeding their followers of the state of America isn't actually accurate. Inflation is hurting people, that is real. But when you understand besides inflation, all the other economic indicators are actually now shifting in a really good direction, especially because we're not that far from a very bad economic downturn. We had we saw record job growth. Um, Super, super low unemployment back to record lows there. GDP is back in a growth direction. So maybe people are feeling the fact that they understand inflation's bad. They also understand where that may have come from, the economic downturn that caused uh, that the pandemic caused, and the fact that it's worldwide so obviously it can't just be the Democratic Party and see that maybe we're headed back in the right direction, even though we're not where we need to be economically. And then they do, while crime is an issue, mischaracterize it deeply, and the border, we don't have an open border, okay. Um, <laughs> here's last thing for this segment, I think I said last thing on last one, this is actually the last thing, Kevin McCarthy preemptively saying that they're going to take back the house, but that's not actually true yet, it could well happen, but he pretended like it's absolutely sure.
1: It is clear that we are going to take the house back. In New York! We defeated the Democrat campaign chairman,
0: Sean Patrick. Okay, uh, you get the point. So that was last night well before. Even now, as we're sitting here, we don't know if the House will necessarily be taken over by Republicans. Great night, even though it's still scary that the Republican Party in this point in time in American history could get that amount of the vote. But understanding the context, the historical uh, trends and patterns, pretty... Uh, Good night, and I think you can take a little bit of a deep breath. I want to take a look at a little bit of the initial response in regard to DeSantis-Trump, the presidential race, from the midterm results. So instantly, after the midterm results started coming in and revealing that while the Republican Party could still get in the majority in the House, maybe even if they did really, really well over the next 24 hours in the vote counts that are coming in, uh, Take over the Senate. It's clear that the Trump ideology, the election denying, the uh, movement that was built around Trump and the candidates that came from that, is no longer nationally viable. While some, like Kerry Lake, haven't yet been called, and there were some election deniers who won, not at all uh, close to where they were expecting, and it was pretty clear that. Compared to more moderate Republican candidates, these election deniers did lose. And that's good news for democracy. But it started raising the idea, when you look at that, Trump-endorsed candidates not doing well, Dr. Oz getting beat by Fetterman in Pennsylvania, yes, sir. Uh, And then you turn and see DeSantis get a huge victory in Florida. Instantly, the New York Post-led front uh, page with DeSantis being the future of the Republican Party. Fox News you'll see is uh, talking about this paper uh, announcing that the New York Post DeSantis is the future Republican Party and you can tell there's a shift oh no Trump is clearly not good for our party and we're going to have to make some changes maybe DeSantis is the change we need to make.
1: Well, one
2: place where there was a great big red wave is depicted on the cover of the New York Post this morning.
1: Young GOP star DeSantis romps to victory in Florida. It's called the future. And when you look at what we know for sure, we know that according to the numbers, he beat Charlie Crist by 19 points so far. But when you look at the exit polls, and I'm I'm looking at some by Edison Research exit
2: polling, uh, Ron DeSantis won Hispanic voters by 57 percent,
1: women voters by 52 percent, suburban voters by 58
0: percent, and independents by 52 percent. His share of the Puerto Rican vote. Jo- so uh you can see, the framing now is the Republican Party didn't do great, but DeSantis did, despite that, have a huge victory. That might mean DeSantis needs to be the Republican Party's guy in their mind now. I don't think Trump's going to let that happen, which is beautiful because we might be in a situation now where apparently reporting shows that DeSantis, or not reporting, I was hearing someone speculate DeSantis is likely getting encouraged now after these results to um, go ahead and run this cycle for president 2024, take over the party, but Trump isn't thinking the health or the best outcome for the Republican Party, he's just thinking himself. And so he'll likely still run. Maybe DeSantis runs and you get that clash that we were hoping for, Mm -hmm. that we thought was possibly becoming less likely. And that's really, really good news. Here's even Trump's uh, former press secretary saying Trump needs to hold off on his announcement. Running for president, which he was going to make on Tuesday, if y'all remember, saying, I have a big announcement at Mar a Lago on Tuesday. And even a longtime ally of him saying, let's hold off on that.
2: And let me just say this every ounce of Republican energy every last ounce needs to go into that georgia race because it could potentially be what makes or breaks the senate mm-hmm. getting herschel walker over the finish line i know there's a temptation to start talking about 2024 mm-hmm. no 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 mm-hmm. 2022 is not over great point every republican energy needs to go to grinding the biden agenda to a halt and that yeah. could go straight through the state of georgia on great point. does that include trump i think he needs to put it on pause absolutely look he'll, he'll make that decision he'll make his own decision but does he go to if Georgia? I'm advising any contender, DeSantis, Trump, whomever, no one announces 2024 until we get through December. And
0: that's different than the plan that Trump has, which is to announce. Um, and so you can see the shift, the shift is happening. But the beautiful thing is in the Democratic Party, if the political winds shift away from the person who was kind of at the head of it, They would care a little bit more about that. Trump won't care about that. He'll still run if he wants to run. And this will cause serious turmoil. As we saw last night, the Trump brand being attached to the Republican Party, the election denying, the dangerous ideology that they hold is not nationally viable in the way that it would need to be to be dominant as a party. And so that means Trump is likely himself not going to be a viable candidate to win the general election in 2024 which is great news for America, horrible news for the party and thus double great news for America. Donald Trump is trying to figure out a way to respond to the midterm news in a way that doesn't make him look completely sad because many people are leading with the headline Trump's a huge loser tonight because people he endorsed and the ideology he perpetuates and leads is not doing well in the midterms clearly. Well, here's what he put out on True Social, finally recognizing that there were some losses, because most of the night he was trying to pretend like it was a great night. While in certain ways, yesterday's election was somewhat disappointing, from my personal standpoint, it was a very big victory. 219 wins and 16 losses in the general. Who knows where he's getting those numbers from? <laughs> Who has ever done better than that? Yeah, you're right. Uh, Made up numbers really do help you break records. That is beautiful. And while he's trying to project confidence and calm, Jim Acosta from CNN reports that, quote, Trump is livid and screaming at everyone after last night's disappointing midterm results for GOP. According to a Trump advisor, the advisor went on to uh, slam the former president's hand-picked contenders. They were all bad candidates. Candidates matter, the advisor said. That's a huge takeaway. For a very long time, I had heard behind the scenes that Trump, obviously, as y'all know, does not care about candidate quality. He way more valued loyalty people that he thought would be his little puppy dogs. And uh, that's what many of them were. And that's why he supported them. And they were not good candidates. Mimit Oz, Herschel Walker. Oh, come on. I mean, it's clear. And that's what we're seeing now. Again, Herschel Walker did way better than he should have. But I do contend that if you had someone better than Herschel Walker in that spot, they could have beat Raphael Warnock, Um, even though I I wanted Raphael Warnock to win, despite whoever the Republican nominee was. But that probably would have been a better shot for the Republican Party if they had someone even minorly competent running against Raphael Warnock. But Trump handpicked people like Herschel Walker and the people around him are angry and he's furious. As Jim Acosta highlighted, and Maggie Haberman, who's very, very familiar with Trump, highlighted, uh, writing on Twitter, Trump is indeed furious this morning, particularly about Mim and Oz, and is blaming everyone who advised him to back Oz, including his wife, describing it as not her best decision, according to people close to him. Guys, when you have a bad night, there's nothing that shows less integrity than pointing fingers at everyone. I don't know what word that was, fingers, um, fingers at everyone. And to look at your wife, someone who you should not be basing all your political decisions on what one person uh, tells you, who's not even necessarily a political advisor, and then turn around and say it's, it's her fault. No, 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 At the end of the day, the buck stops with you. You endorse movement Oz, You campaign for him, and he lost. John Fetterman defeated him in Pennsylvania, which is a purplish, you know, state. And definitely you could have a good chance of running as a Republican in that state for Senate, especially in the midterm reality we were in. But Mimedal's lost. And that's on you, Trump. And so him running around screaming at everyone, including including his wife, about it being their fault is very, very sad. So you can see by the reaction from Trump, from those around him, that he understands not just that this was a bad night for the Republican Party, but more specifically, that this was... A rejection of him, his ideology, and the people who stand by his ideology. And that is a good news for America. Marjorie Taylor Greene is doing her best to put lipstick on the pig of (laughs) the way this is reflecting on Donald Trump, the midterm results that is, as we've been discussing the fact that not only the Republican Party did not do anywhere close as uh, as good as they were expected to, and um, they didn't get that red wave everyone kept talking about. But also that the way election deniers and hardcore MAGA supporters perform reveals the way that America feels generally, now too much of America is still on board with that, but generally how America feels about Donald Trump and those who support him. And that's what even people in right-wing networks are taking away from this. Maybe it's time for Trump to move on. He's not going to help the Republican Party. Marjorie Taylor Greene does not like that analysis. No sirree, Bob, Uh, take a look at her thoughts.
2: Very, very important. Now, they're trying to blame President Trump today and I want to tell you how short-sighted and ridiculous that is. It is, it is pathetic. The people that are running out saying it's Trump's fault. No, that is a lazy, pathetic, wimpy, easy mindset. They just want one thing and then they want to carry on without doing the hard work, the real changes in the Republican Party and the way we fight the fight. Here's why it's not Trump's fault. Trump has been being politically persecuted for the past few years now, ever since January 6th. He went out and did 30 Save America rallies all over the country. He endorsed something like 285 candidates. He held over 50 fundraisers um, helped raise over $350 million for all these public tax President Trump isn't the, isn't the problem. President Trump is doing everything he can to help Republicans across this country and help Republicans win while he is being politi- politically persecuted worse than any human being in our country's history. That's the real truth. People that want...
0: Politically persecuted more than anyone in our country's history. Please. Uh, so... That was awesome because she said a whole lot of words while saying nothing. (laughs) This was her response. The reason why Trump is not to blame for people he supported and an ideology that he birthed, (laughs) uh, doing very poorly in last night's election is because he's been politically persecuted and he campaigned for them. That what? That doesn't make any sense. I'm really curious if you're watching that. Are you, and you're a Marjorie Green fan? Are you nodding your head? Totally, that makes That has no connection. Actually, it has some connection. You said that he campaigned for all these people. Exactly, and it didn't work. So, number one, him being politically persecuted in your mind, or being held accountable for things he's done wrong, plus campaigning a lot. The only way those connect is number one, yeah, he probably didn't do as well last night, those he supported in it, because of the connection to him and the uh, potential crimes he's committed that he's being held accountable for. So in that sense, the persecution you're talking about, uh, I do heavy air quotes on that, or accountability that's being brought on to him, that did affect possibly the election results in the opposite way that she's thinking. And then, of course, him campaigning a lot does show that even him campaigning didn't help them enough. In their elections and so she's completely backwards on this but if Marjorie Taylor Greene has one mission in life it is to be loyal to Trump no matter what and that's why we're getting some scary reporting that if Trump does indeed announce on Tuesday and get the nomination of the Republican Party he's considering Marjorie Taylor Greene as his running mate which would be so fun for all of us oh, no it's, I can't that's to me if you were doing a political TV show, mm. fictional and trying to make it somewhat comedic, and then you made Trump and Marjorie Taylor Greene the two candidates. The people writing it would probably think that you're going a little too far with that. Uh and that's just too far from reason to be even in a fictional show, but this is real life and that could very well uh happen. And so I'm curious to see in the next week or so how do the narratives shift, right? How do people start framing this to make themselves not look as bad? Because Marjorie Taylor Greene is very much the uh, center or one of the key figures in this election denial, uh, Trump-supporting, uber-Trump loyalist movement, and so this reflects poorly not on her because she did win her re-election, but on her movement and the fact that in districts that aren't so deep red like hers, they didn't do well, these election deniers generally, and so how is she gonna contend with that? How is she gonna frame that? Hopefully, for her sake, she'll come up with a better way to respond uh, than that. But the other aspect that's actually making me happy is we are seeing people deny the election results and claim fraud, and we're gonna have to deal with that. That's brutal. Of course, they don't understand that in a democracy, sometimes you lose. That doesn't mean that it's being stolen from you. You actually have to have have evidence to believe something like that. Mm. Tough for them to understand, but As you saw in that clip, they're not actually, generally, even people as bonkers as Marjorie Taylor Greene, completely leaning in at this moment to the election denial thing for this election, because you saw it there. She's not saying Trump's not to blame for this because it was all stolen. She's saying Trump's not to blame for this because of the political persecution and the campaigning. That's good. That means... There's going to be some acceptance that while we're going to see Carrie Lake, if she loses, claim it was all stolen and the fact that there were some issues at the very beginning with the voting machines that got solved um, just based on the feeding of it. We'll talk about that uh, later in the week. They're going to claim the Arizona election was stolen 100%. Mm -hmm. But when you see across the entire nation a similar trend of Republicans not doing as well as expected, it's a little bit difficult. It's a little bit difficult. And so I think they're actually going to accept a little bit the loss, some of them. And Margie Taylor Greene there seems to be a little bit more uh, accepting at least that there's something to be blamed about. And she's just saying, don't blame Trump for it um, in an interesting manner. Abortion rights had a win last night in many ways. And we're seeing that um, absolutely that when abortion rights are on the ballot, people who turn out. And people uh, vote in the correct way of course Kansas over the summer was the first big example since Roe v. Wade that we saw of a direct ballot initiative that went the way of uh, a woman's right to choose take a look at this from the associated press abortion rights supporters won in the four states where access was on the ballot tuesday all four states oh. as, voter, <laughs> as voters enshrined it into the state constitution in battleground michigan as well as blue california and vermont and dealt a defeat to an anti-abortion measure in deep red kentucky in all, it was a dramatic illustration of how the US Supreme Court's decision in June to eliminate the nationwide right to abortion has galvanized voters who support women's right to choose. The court's June decision has led to near total bans in a dozen Republican-governed states. The Kentucky result repudiated the state's Republican-led legislature, which has imposed a near total ban on abortion and put the proposed state constitutional amendment on the ballot. The outcome echoed what happened in another red state, Kansas, where voters in August rejected changing the state's constitution to let lawmakers tighten restrictions or ban abortion. So we got a rejection in a red state, uh, similar to Kansas, of an anti-abortion amendment. And then we got enshrinement into the constitution of other blue states which is so good because as we understand we cannot take these rights uh for granted and so the fact that last night voters got an opportunity not just to vote for candidates that stood for what they believe in in regard to abortion rights but directly say yay or nay on the right itself enshrining in the constitution or rejecting an anti-abortion Amendment direct ballot initiative is really good and it Says in a very loud way How people feel because when you can vote on an issue, you can't blur the lines on that Mm. if it's a candidate You can say "Ah, the Democrats didn't necessarily do well because of abortion because all these other things could also happen But if it's just on the ballot abortion rights specifically You can't deny what that's about and it shows where the American people stand in those states at least even in a red state of Kentucky, Kentucky That is red Mm -hmm. and we saw in Kansas as well voters are not on board with stripping away a right that women have held uh, for decades at this point and that just shows you how out of step both our current Supreme Court is from the American people's perspective and the current Republican Party is and so I hope over the next series of elections that keeps getting drilled in and I hope the Democratic Party works to enshrine in the um, or, or to be able to pass a bill that protects abortion rights on the federal level because that is what we need and that is what should be fought for. As you guys know, I'm kind of breaking up over multiple segments, the different interviews I did with Trump supporters at um, the rally in Latrobe, Pennsylvania that for perspective occurred right before the midterms. Of course, we're sitting here recording this. Uh, Who knows when this clip will get uploaded, but we're recording this right on the Wednesday after the midterms, and so it's an interesting perspective now to have of the conversations that we're done, but I have three more that I want to take a look at with you. The first is someone just outright telling me, after a little bit of conversation, that yeah, you couldn't pose anything to me that would change my opinion. Nothing would change my opinion about what I believe, no matter what you show me. Well, That's not how... What? <laughs> that's horrible. Let's take a look at this. And we're seeing um, kind of a phenomenon going into this midterms. that's very different than others, where a number of GOP candidates have indicated, kind of, you probably seen they get asked, like, are you gonna concede if you lose? And it's like, no. If we lose, it's probably because the Democrats stole it. Um, is that a mindset that you guys share? you want to answer anything? But do you- Oh, I definitely think it was stolen. I always think that. They could tell me it's a lie, and I'll never believe that it was legit. Interesting. That is something that a lot of times I'll, ha- I'll say in conversations. Like, What would I have to show you or pose to you that would change your mind on that particular issue?
2: I don't think there is anything to show. I remember looking back when they were showing all these people at the election places where the uh, votes were. And everybody's running around covering up windows and stuff nobody
0: wanted them to see in what yeah so we've uh, discussed how those claims are very much either incorrect she's either been lied to or in the case of windows being covered there was different instances where protesters were um, harassing workers because they were looking in the windows and um, knowing who the people were and making a whole ruckus and so at some point you need some privacy you need safety that does not mean that there weren't republicans and democrats in the room as we have with our election process um, which is a very good one but uh, i'm sure she's not aware of that next moment i want to take a look at with you
2: that is our right as an american that our votes count and it did not count in the 2020
0: election can i uh press y'all or ask y'all about that specifically so with all the evidence that i And, you know, hearing a lot from people here that they believe that and feel like they've seen that evidence. Why, for someone who's trying to strictly go to things that they know can be verified, has that not been shown up in any of the court cases that have been done, plus any of the audits that have been done among the many? There's
2: corruption. There's corruption. And the audits, they weren't audits that, you know, counted the votes. Um, I mean, they they weren't an audit... I mean, it was an audit in a sense, but it wasn't an audit to actually, you know, count the votes and the errors.
0: I mean, it was an audit, but it wasn't an audit that audited the audit. It, it, okay, I hear what you're, it is an audit. They weren't, but they weren't counting with. Wait, 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 it was not an audit. But it was, you're, you're, you're you're confused.
2: That went on during, you know, the election. I mean,
0: all the love in the world. The reason why I have a hard time believing some of these claims is because, like, the corrupt point. Would maybe make more sense if a lot of the judges that these cases were put in front of uh, were appointed by Trump, and so I guess is it even them yeah, too? Yeah, I
2: understand yes. what you're saying. There. Yes, um, well, a lot of people that were appointed by Trump um, really, I mean, backstabbed him. I mean, he has been Bill Barr, um, mm. even Pence. I mean, it. Th- there's a. I mean, I do. We you know you hear the drain the swamp, the swamp. I think runs so deep deeper than any of us ever could have possibly imagined
0: so that's what's interesting you saw with the first one setting the stage of it doesn't matter what you show me or what you pose to me I'm just going to believe this because I want to believe it and then you go to these two other ladies that have a different framing well they do want to engage it's not that you can't show me anything but if you do show me something I'll have an answer that there's just no way for me to get around because if you say the deep state goes so deep that anything you show me could just be manipulated by them and any evidence we could find could be manipulated and any uh, real forms of evidence that would prove what I'm saying can't be found because it's all suppressed by the all-powerful deep state how do I what what do I do with that I can't engage with that um, in any meaningful way And then finally a gentleman with just a truly incomprehensible conspiracy theory about the pope controlling everything and catholics very strange what do you want to hear from donald trump tonight make america great again and what has made it not great what has made it not
1: great is what's going on right now open borders high inflation uh everything that's going on right now just uh, uh, diametrically opposed the economy to taxes
0: (laughs) if you missed it he did say diametrically opposed
1: and IRS agents. I mean, we have all night. I mean, the moon will set tomorrow. by the time So, we
0: get- like you said, there's so many issues. Let's zero in on one: uh, inflation. Are you saying you blame Joe Biden for inflation? Well, when you Democrats? sit there and, and and you stop fossil
1: fuels, and the country's running out of diesel in 17 days, and no trucks, no boats, no plane, nothing's going to be moving. Yeah, you might want to open up fossil fuels. I think this is coming. I think it's coming from the Vatican. The Vatican's meeting today I love leaders.
0: You <laughs> go. Let's watch that again. He goes. I think this is coming. Uh,
1: that, that little uh, pause. I,
0: should i be saying this Wait for it. you know what i'm going for
1: yeah. it <laughs> no trucks no
0: boats i no think planes, this is going from. Gonna be
1: moving yeah you might want to open up fossil fuels i think this is coming i think it's coming from the vatican the vatican's meeting today with world leaders in at mount sinai joe biden is getting his marching orders from the jesuit oath if you open up the jesuit and this might be look crazy to these people i don't really care yes, it is. google the jesuit oath My, that when when joe biden was elected president he opened up on a with a Jesuit priest on a Jesuit Bible. We've had two Roman Catholic presidents in this country, and Joe Biden has taken orders. Just read the Jesuit Oath. That explains so much of everything. So
0: <laughs> that happens a lot, too, in interviews when they kind of start getting confused about their own conspiracy theory, and they'll be like, just go, go search this thing. And I'm like, no. Your job is to explain, you're the one telling me the conspiracy, it's not my job to go research your conspiracy, you tell me what's the conspiracy theory, I don't get it. The Pope is behind the scenes controlling Biden, Mm -hmm. uh, which I'll be honest, that's a new one for me on the ground at those rallies, I hadn't heard the uh, Pope theory there. Vatican Church. But... One of the things I feel like I have to repeat, and now I have, the past few days I've talked about these stories, uh, producer Ben wasn't with me, but you can say as a witness to all of this, we were not cherry-picking people, I always get accused of that, oh, you just find the goofiest people, we asked every person, every single person, we walked up to them, some said no, but every single person that we asked, just, yeah, sure, let's do this interview. Every person who walked by, we would say, Do you want to do an interview? We weren't saying, Oh, does this person look goofy? Because he's wearing a yellow and you know, blue sweater, whatever. (laughs) We just, as people walk by, you want to do an interview? You want to do an interview? And whoever said yes, we interviewed and this is what we're showing you. And these are the views that are being held by people at Trump rallies in real life. These are real people. (laughs) It's crazy. I don't know how to process that. It's really, truly nuts. Thank you all so much for watching and listening to today's show. We will have so much more about the midterms, the responses to it. There's just too much to go over. um, So look forward to tomorrow's program. But until then, be well.